This podcast is brought to you by Morant. Hello and welcome to the Morant Podcast. My name's Mike Wilkins and I'm hosting this episode. We'll be discussing how the legal industry is seeing an increase in demand and expectation from new and existing clients as individuals and institutions explore how new technology can affect the delivery of legal services. COVID-19 is accelerating a transformation in the way that services are delivered. Increased regulatory risk is generating significant growth in demand for external legal advice. And when we add in the pressure from budgetary constraints, fintech disruption and the globalisation of business, it's clear that there are new emerging trends in the legal world. And to explore this further for Morant are Jeff Cook, John Rigby and Doug Twining. Jeff is the former CEO of Jersey Finance, who used to head up HSBC's wealth management team in the UK. He's now a consultant at Morant with significant experience of cross-border financial services, corporate governance, private equity and capital markets. John is the global managing partner at Morant, leading the firm through the largest merger of offshore law firms. He's also opened new offices in the Caribbean and Asia and helped establish new service lines. Doug is Morant's chief information officer, having previously held senior positions at BP, Linklaters and AMEC. He's responsible for knowledge management globally and for the firm-wide business change and innovation projects. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you first. An increasing demand for services, it's a nice problem for law firms to have, or is it when we have to factor in that increase in expectation? Yes, it is an opportunity, but I think it has to be caveated uh, only if you can evolve with the changing times. And there is a lot of change in the legal services market. It's It's a huge market, $600 billion globally. It's intensely competitive and it's being disrupted by technology and by new providers. The growth we've seen, which is phenomenal, is being fueled by client concerns. I think concerns around risks, uh, commercial, legal and particularly regulatory. Around 49% of uh, legal services purchasers expect to increase their spend on regulatory compliance matters over the kind of coming period. But they're also demanding greater value, and COVID's amplified that greatly, I think. They're requiring ease of access and smarter delivery, and there's a a greater emphasis now on legal services generated and delivered through new technology, which often called legal tech. Alternative legal service providers, novel pricing, uh, and exciting new legal careers have all emerged. And as a consequence, I think forward-looking firms, and I'd include most definitely in that group, have picked up the pace on what I call the innovation engine. And that's in response to this the rapidly changing climate you've described. I think another factor which is really quite telling is that according to recent research uh, produced by Aquitas, buyers of legal services above and below the age of 50 demonstrate quite distinct buying behaviours across the full spectrum, whether it be corporate, litigation, wealth, governance and, and or the regulatory function I already mentioned. Above 50, the emphasis is on the quality of expertise and the individual strength and character of the lawyer. Below 50, interestingly, buyers lean far more into how proactive the law firm is at providing advice that drives competitive advantage for the client and better mitigates risk. For the next generation and looking to the future, I think there are definite shifts in the value proposition when it comes to legal work and legal support. Demand is growing for a a multidisciplinary approach that brings together bespoke and specialist services, the digital uh, delivery and access, uh, and I think fresh and independent perspectives in what's been described as a new VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. 
And you mentioned there the multidisciplinary approach. Uh, John, as, as a global managing partner, uh, despite the current anti-globalisation agenda, how important would you say it is to have an international team uh, that's capable of delivering that multidisciplinary approach? I think it's essential. Despite what you describe as the, the anti-globalisation agenda, we expect demand for cross-border legal services to continue to increase significantly. Uh, a recent study showed that 85% of businesses with revenue of more than a billion dollars need international legal services. And clients, in our experience, want those services delivered faster, more efficiently, with less friction, and often using technology that interfaces with their own systems. And meeting those demands requires an international team and an international infrastructure, which brings together technical as well as legal excellence. And COVID-19 has reinforced uh, a view that we have held for some time as a firm, that you can bring together the people that you need in that way, in virtual teams, which draw on the skills and resources that are available to us across our entire international network. So in short, Mike, I think it's essential. And I'd imagine that uh, technology poses one of the biggest threats and and one of the biggest opportunities. Uh, Doug, as the Chief Information Officer of Morant, how would you say that technology is affecting the delivery of professional services? For a while now, clients have been expecting more. They're expecting lawyers to be digitally literate and to be as efficient as possible. Clients are also expecting value-added services, and most of these are enabled by technology. It's all about solving their problems in the best way possible, basically. But COVID has definitely accelerated that process. So there's an evolutionary acceleration and as technology becomes embedded in the delivery of professional services. Now, offshore firms have a terrific opportunity, particularly because centres like Guernsey and Jersey, BVI and Cayman are investing heavily in a digital future. Um, so, for example, they're creating sandbox environments to help nurture startups and venture projects. In Morant, we've differentiated ourselves by providing technology-enabled services to some of our clients, for example, to help assess the level of exposure to certain new regulations. We've also invested in a number of technologies to automate more of what we do, both for internal efficiencies and to improve the client experience. We've created an ideas hub where people across the firm submit and develop ideas on how to improve the way we work. And we've been training some lawyers in techniques such as Lean Six Sigma, which help you to look at work as a process or a set of processes, and then you can analyze how to improve that process supported by technology. I think the flip side is that those firms not investing in this technology enablement are basically going to be very quickly left behind. And it sounds like there's been a lot of development uh, by Morant in, in the technology sphere. Um, Jeff, what else do you think law firms in international finance centres really need to be doing to demonstrate, uh, to, to be able to retain their existing clients and also to attract new ones? Well, I think law firms in the IFC world need to, to demonstrate that they're aligning with the jurisdictional strengths that have already been described and that are willing to embrace innovation. They need to be brave enough and I think have the foresight to retain their traditional strengths, but be prepared to depart from traditional norms in terms of service delivery uh, and embark on what is essentially an evolutionary journey. Success, I think, will require much more than tinkering around the edges or investment in off-the-shelf software. It's going to require comprehensive, wholesale, and I think fundamentally strategic evolution. If you think about the change uh, in client demands, you know, the clients are requiring a more proactive approach to developing new service lines. They're, they're looking for new ways of engaging 
new approaches to recruitment and nurturing talent will need to come into law firms, I think, with the uh, technology emphasis. Uh, new ways of charging for services, new digitally enabled internal processes, such as some that Doug's already described. And I think new ways of positioning themselves in the broader IFC ecosystem in terms of their connectivity with other firms they're providing services to. And each of these initiative areas, I think, will need to be infused with ESG principles, environmental, social governance principles. You know, as we're delivering this service, we need to be able to demonstrate that we're responding to changing social mores in a in a post-pandemic world. So I really believe those who grasp this opportunity and embrace this strategic change will prosper. And talking of strategic change, things are changing rapidly at the moment. John, from Morant's perspective, what are you doing as a firm to ensure that you, you can stay ahead of this technology curve? Yeah, well, we, we see cultural change as the real key to innovation and staying ahead of the curve. We see technology as the enabler rather than the driver. And so we're focused on having the right people with the right skills and the right mindset. That's a process, it takes time and involves the the entire life cycle through recruitment, training and development. In some cases, it involves fusing legal and technical skills. Doug mentioned, for example, training our lawyers in Six Sigma, but also seconding lawyers to our technology teams and our technologists to our legal teams. Uh, Being less hierarchical is really important. This is about empowering the right people, not the most senior people within the organisation. And fostering an entrepreneurial mindset where risk-taking, and that does mean failure uh, on occasion, is seen as an acceptable part of the learning experience. And that's something that, as you can imagine, doesn't always come naturally to lawyers and law firms. Investment is important too. The law firm profit distribution model doesn't lend itself naturally to investment over the the medium to long term. Uh, But one of the things that we've done as a firm is to move away to a degree from the full profit distribution model in order to create the funds to continue to invest uh, in technology and innovation. And as Doug mentioned, all of this comes together at Moron through our innovation network and our ideas hub. Uh, Both of those uh, initiatives encourage firm-wide ideas on improving efficiency and effectiveness in relation to our internal processes, but far more important than that, external engagement to create a better client experience. All right, well, John, thanks for that. Uh, It certainly sounds like a lot of law firms are are almost embracing becoming tech firms potentially, but uh, a lot of big changes happening. Uh, John, Jeff, Doug, thank you very much for your insight and analysis today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you'd like any further information on the changes that are happening in the legal industry, then please head over to the Moron website. Thank you for listening. For more information, please get in touch with your usual Moron contact or visit moron.com.